Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, the place where you can see the freshly quaffed James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell, and the white prune, a dead tree, Dr. Steve. And I can't imagine there's any place you would rather be than right here right now. James, I know there's no place you would rather be. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, if I were to name the top thousand places I wanted to be right now, yeah. this would this would probably make the top 970, somewhere in there. All I could, right. Yeah, I, could, I can probably think of 30 worse places to be, but uh, all of those places would involve death or disfigurement. So of the safe places to be, this is probably at the bottom. What a tip of the cap to the show and all of our <laughs> viewers. I can probably think of 30 places I would less like to be. James, you are a wordsmith, uh, sir. I just want to be accurate, because if there's one thing I will not do to our viewers, plural now, it's lie to them. Yeah. By well, the way, yeah, I, I guess uh, as long as I got you on here, I, this is probably the kind yeah. of thing that should be addressed off air. But uh, yeah. That's Did everything you... else we talk about, but yeah. Did you ever repost 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the one where you cut off the last two minutes or three minutes again? I'm I'm going to publicly say yes. <laughs> you liar. <laughs> it was, you know, the, that podcast. So we, we miss weeks. Some weeks we don't have questions. And when we do, we got a real question. And we made such a, we made fun of the person who wrote us the question because it said five minutes to save your marriage. And it's, the podcast is 10 minutes. So we said we had to do yeah. it in half the time. But we took 11 minutes. We took the full 11 minutes. <laughs> and then you posted it. And it cut off the last three minutes, which happens a lot with you for some reason. Heaven forbid you post the full thing. <laughs> then they email me. And they're like, where are the last three minutes? Like somebody actually wanted to hear what we had to say. What? Yeah, well, oh, now, I'm sure I'm sure they lost interest. I told them like a week ago, don't worry, we'll get those extra three minutes right up. And here we are today lying to them and it's still not up. I don't think we need to cater to crazy people. And if anybody wants to hear what we have to say, they certainly fall into that bucket. Yeah, I mean, but, it doesn't spoke, speak well of any of our listeners. It's like the opposite of a letter of recommendation. That's right. What podcast do you listen to? Yeah, I get out of my office. I don't know why that keeps happening. I don't do anything differently from one to the next. I just post them all the same and some show up and some don't. That listener ought to be damn happy to have gotten three bonus minutes from her five minutes or his. I don't remember as a boy or girl from the five minutes to save your marriage moniker. We gave eight full minutes and uh, left with a little cliffhanger. Like, uh, who knows what we were going to say? You fill in your own thoughts. It, it apparently cuts off mid-sentence while you're talking, which is a good place to cut it off, if we're honest. <laughs> Did you go back and listen to it? Of course not. No, I'm going off secondhand reports here. I just, I'm like the tech support. I just, all the reports of disasters roll into me, and then I come back to you. If yeah. you would just, if you would just look after you post it, it's 10 minutes to save your marriage. Yeah. If after you post it, it says a number that's less than 10 for the runtime, something has uh -huh. gone wrong. Now, I am so filled with relief when I finally get that thing posted. I click out of the program and I never look back. 
Well, anyway, I think we can absolve ourselves of recording a new 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage this week. Our, our next podcast will just be the extra bonus three minutes from last week that nobody <laughs> has yet heard. Yeah, and I'm sure everyone has waited with bated breath to find how I was going to end that sentence. I, and the sentence, you don't know, James, the sentence might have begun, the thing I love the most about James Breakwell is, and then it cut right off, and people might be dying to know if there's actually something on that list. I am positive you have never in your life spoken that sentence when not dripping with sarcasm, so I'm not curious <laughs> at all. What I am curious about, though, is if you yeah. have any disasters about the ranch this week. We've already gone through our podcasting disasters, which are legion. But what's going on with you in real life? Uh, well, let's see. When are we going to post this? Because I got to get a video up with the dog. So because something good happened, like uh, that's bad juju on the ranch. Like things have to go horrifically wrong after that. So we uh, I did, actually I did most of this uh, did put up a closet in a utility room. And I felt pretty good about it because nothing is square, plumb, or level in that entire cabin. And I was able to match most of the horrific angles. And then we hired a guy to come in and start painting. And he was doing a good job. And so things had to go wrong. And they need to balance. I, I, I made the mistake of having some hubris, which meant that the thing that had to go wrong had to be extra special wrong. So first thing that went wrong is the gate motor broke again. I've had that thing for about four months. It's broken twice. I have to get out of the car, unlock the chain, open the gate by hand, get in the car, drive out of the gate, get out of the car again, close the gate, shut the chain by hand, then put the padlock on, get back in the car and drive away. Even in the rain. It's annoying. So that went wrong. My glasses broke. As people can see, Mrs. Steve has gorilla glued them together. <laughs> Today at 2.15, I have an appointment at the Walmart Optometry Clinic to get a prescription so I can send it to whatever the online cheap places to get glasses. I've had these for about 10 years, and I've never had a backup pair, which is probably a little bit cocky on my part, and now I'm paying the price. But the big disaster. Ooh. And this is the one that uh, people have been asking about, and I said I'll do a video with the dog to explain what happened to the dog because there was a trip to the emergency vet with the dog. And I know you have been a dog person. I don't know if pigs have this particular part of their anatomy, but our dog, uh, the technical term is he had an abscessed scent gland. Oh, I know that I one. You... Okay, you do know that one. Yeah, yeah, the dog, like in the middle of the night, sprung up and started pacing in pain. And he blew. Now, our dog weighs 2.7 pounds. He actually gained a tenth of a pound since last time he was at the vet. He blew a dime-sized hole next to his ass. <laughs> and it was a hole in his skin. And it was oozing. And it was bad, bad, bad. So the vet had to kind of patch him up, and he's on painkillers. And I'm, I was going to do the big reveal with a video on uh, Facebook and Twitter, but I guess if this one gets posted first, the big reveal will be on Wrong and Wronger. I mean, you're assuming anyone will see it here, which I, I think is a another act of hubris on your part, quite <laughs> frankly. Well, then something will go horrifically wrong on the way home, probably. Hopefully. God, if only I could just be put out of my misery but yeah so the dog has been jacked on painkillers and antibiotics for a couple of days which is you know fun in its own way 
But I said, as soon as the dog gets off painkillers and is a little more spry, he and I will make a video and explain to people that expressing the dog's anal glands, and that is an actual thing, is a necessity for the dog's health. Man, you make dog ownership sound so glamorous. <laughs> Contact your local Humane Society today to adopt. <laughs> Yeah, so his anal gland expressed in the most, uh, with extreme prejudice. <laughs> Was this on the bed when this happened? Yeah, yeah. Oh. So the comforter, the comforter seemed, I could stand a little bit of attention. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I had to, uh, I had to shave our dog down here recently. And every time I do it, it just makes me feel like a horrible dog owner. So we specifically got this tiny little mutt that was some kind of designer breed because it, uh, they call it one, but basically they mixed every, every small dog you can think of together. And, uh, it's got enough poodle in it that it doesn't shed. Yeah. So I have to, every once in a while, shear him like a sheep and we're in the middle yeah. of, we just, you know, we're on the edge of winter here. So all winter, we just let it, you know, grow and grow and grow. And you just kind of forget about the dog. He's just a fluff ball on the ground. You can't really hear or see all that well anymore. <laughs> you just kind of ignore him until he's in, in the way. And then yeah. the other day, I thought, all right, it's time to shear him all the way down to the skin and see what's under there. And it's always a disappointment. It just makes me feel like such a terrible human being to see what kind of, you know, mats have grown up in there, gunk here and there. He's collected oh. over time. I mean, I mean, our house is not a clean place, and he's basically a broom walking along the floor. And I don't want to shave him too early because, you know, then he freezes to death. But at the same time he was definitely overdue and i used to pay people for this service but apparently during the pandemic they the dog grooming was shut down for long enough that it just created a backlog that's never going to get worked out the last time i called mm -hmm. them for a dog grooming appointment it was like a six-month wait it's like what what am i going to do with that my get dog doesn't even it was it was nuts i called in like i called in like march and it was like well we can get you in in august i'm like yeah that'll be that's great i'm sure he'll need a haircut in august so i i bought a 30 dollar pair of clippers online that worked pretty well he's got so much hair that i have to i have to shave him most of the way then i have to plug the clippers in for an hour and finish him up uh but that was that was my weekend and now my yard is covered in dog hair it looks like a small dog exploded out there but now nico is is neatly shorn and super hygienic for about a week and probably looks like skeletor walking around without all that fur like you're not used to seeing him as half the dog he used to be he looks like a bony sausage is the only way to put it like re really without so with fur he looks he looks like a sheep without fur he looks more like a chihuahua but he's put on some pounds over the years so he's a very he's a very chunky chihuahua but the bones are still sticking out it's he's not a good looking good looking dog underneath there he needs some he needs some fur but you know what in this house we don't go for fashion you just get sheared all the way down so I only have to do it twice a year because let's let's face it all fashion decisions are based on expediency here oh yeah yeah fashion is uh, sort of a relative term we uh, we lived in the country several houses ago and we had two outdoor dogs German Shepherd mixes and uh, they would live outside and in the winter they would grow an undercoat which oh. uh, I don't know if you've ever had a dog get one of those but uh, I would be brushing them in the spring when that undercoat starts to shed, and there would be like a full dog's worth of hair <laughs> next to a full dog that it just came out of. Undercoats are the craziest thing to me, but I guess out all outdoor animals get them just to survive the winter. Now, pigs blow their coats, which uh, like it, it, come the summer months, all of the hair falls off all at once and thankfully during that time of year they're mostly outside because the weather's nice 
but yeah, and it's not, you know, fine, soft, fluffy dog hair. It's like the bristles on a Brillo pad. So it, and it just all at once, like over a day or two, just shoots off of them. Uh, You're reminds, kidding. No, and they didn't, it did, they, the pigs didn't do it their first couple of years. Then when they hit age three or four, uh, they started blowing their coats every summer. And uh, it, the hair is, it's coarse, but it gets lost in the grass. I don't really see it as long as they do it mostly outside, but they are. They are ugly without hair, let me tell you. <laughs> what is the purpose of the hair? Is it to keep them warm? I honestly don't know. Farm pigs really, I mean, farm pigs have some hair, but not as much hair as my pigs have. Uh, they have more hair like a wild boar. Uh, so whatever a wild boar has hair for, they have it for the same purpose. I'm guessing warmth. I, I don't know. If, I, I can't imagine it would serve any defensive purpose. I know when they're very young, they have different patterns. So I think it helps camouflage them some, like uh, kind of like how a baby deer, a fawn, has like a different pattern than its parents. Because when they, uh, like Luna used to be a real bright orange. She was she was beautiful. If a, you know, a pig can be described as beautiful. And then she blew the coat and it came back in much duller. And Gilly used to have uh, brown chipmunk stripes. And then she blew her coat wow. for the first time, and all the stripes were gone. And now she pretty much just looks straight black. She just looks like a potbelly pig. So every no, no, nothing, nothing gold can last, Pony Boy. That's going to be my literary reference for today. Wow! From uh, is that the Outsiders? Or it is. It is the Outsiders. And I'm pretty sure I butchered the quote as well. And I'm pretty sure the quote was not about pig hair in the first place. But you know what? <laughs> well, we are about expanding our literary horizons here to encompass new topics. Interesting. Blow their coat. I have never heard that term before. Well, I mean, farm pigs, if they do blow their coats, you eat them too fast. So you wouldn't notice anyway. Every Like a farm pig, like every problem that, that pet pigs have, farm pigs avoid just because you eat them when they're six months old. It's amazing how many pet problems are solved if you just eat the animal. So keep that in mind too when making your animal decisions. Well, people didn't used to get as sick because they died at 45. Like we, we didn't have dementia and Alzheimer's back in the 1800s. You know, the interesting thing is there have always been people who lived a long time. And the, when they say life expectancy of 40, it's because they've got a few 80-year-olds and you have a whole bunch of babies who die at like three days old. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a trick of averaging, really. It's not like everybody who's 40 years old is keeling over dead. No, my life was tougher back then. Nobody had pet pigs. Yeah, but I bet uh, I bet they didn't have uh, haunted ranches either. Like, I mean, realistically, if you would just if if you were living on a pioneer farmstead, think about how many fewer problems you would have. Every problem you've had so far is a problem of modern convenience. Your electronic gate, your running water, your electricity. If you were just out there chopping wood with a wood stove, trying to ward off tuberculosis. You'd be fine. You'd be ahead of the curve, in fact. Maybe you should consider that. Go back to the Amish ways and eliminate pretty much all of your problems. Well, uh, speaking of way back when, I uncovered an old grave on Ooh. my property on Sunday. Or maybe Saturday. It was Saturday or Sunday. I Do tell. Uh, I was out on the BAM mowing in a place that we've never been before because we couldn't get there with all the blackberries. God cursed us with blackberries, <laughs> and may they all burn in hell. And uh, I got to a ridge, and there was a mound of rocks, just like in the Old West, on a ridge, and there's like a path cut in the trees so that it overlooks this sweeping valley. And I thought, ah... That's where I was laid to rest. Or if I was looking for a place to rest, this would be a nice place to be. Wait, so there was no headstone? There was not. Which makes me think it's a pet. 
okay, Steve, you know what has to happen now? What? You got to get out a shovel and you got to investigate. You know, I did a video on it and showed it up close in different angles. And that's what a lot of people said. And I was told when we bought this place, somebody said, if you find bones, put them back. Don't tell anybody. And the reason is that no good can become of this. That if it's human bones, you're either going to get the FBI out there looking into a murder or you're going to get all the crazy activists saying you can no longer live on your land because there is some kind of weird ancient burial place here. So he said, you just keep your mouth shut if you find bones. This one, I, I have to believe it's a pet. I have to believe that, James. You know, there was a time when you just buried people on the farm. You just went out to the edge and you found a spot. And there's just driving around Indiana here. There's a couple spots where you see there's just tiny, tiny cemeteries of like eight people. It's clearly just one family. If you want to move one of those, it's like the biggest deal in the world, though. You can you can just pick up the headstones and pretend it's not there. But if you actually want to move a cemetery, which is a thing, you've got to post notices in the paper to see if there's any survivors who are going to object. And it's all for people in the 1800s. And you got to pay for the cost of moving. And it happens every once in a while if they need to put through a new road or something like that. And if there's a, you know, a cemetery in the way. And usually they just put a stupid zigzag jog in there because it's not worth the headache and the paperwork. So you very well could have one of those. But on the other hand, there was this village in England that had a huge mound of dirt on the edge of a cemetery or some someplace similar. And locals all, all knew that this was a Viking burial mound and this knowledge had been passed down for years. And finally, somebody got a grant to go and exhume this Viking burial mound and see what was inside. And you know what they found? Zero dirt it was just it was just a mound of dirt that farmers had plowed to the side and over time people had built up the story about it so if this is a pile of rocks at a very hard to access spot it's possible that over the years farmers just pulled rocks out of the field and had to throw them someplace i think pretty much every farmer in america has a random pile of rocks and not every random pile of rocks is a uh, you know a karen for a uh, uh you know hero of yore that's C-H-A-R-O-N, Karen, by the way. But yes, another literary reference. Well done. Yes, I, I used that word in my, my last book. Yeah, the pile of rocks. And I had to look up how to spell it. I don't think there's a C in it or an H in it. I, I was thinking it was C-A-I-R-N. But I don't know. I use spell check for these things and have copy editors. So I'm not going to worry about it. Hmm. All right. Well, I will not check into what is inside of this thing. Why not? Uh, for reasons that I have just mentioned, and because it would skeeve me out. Ah, why would oh. I want to know that? Well, what you do want to know is, in fact, Karen does not have an H in it, although I might be mispronouncing it. It, it might be pronounced Kern, but it's C-A-I-R-N. Look at me spelling a word correctly on a live recorded broadcast. <laughs> Oh, it's a, okay. it's a big milestone I for me. I misinterpreted what you said as the ferry master over the river sticks. Oh, oh, that's, I think I, I pronounced that Chiron, but I could be wrong. That's There's also no I in it, though. It's C H A R O N. Just a second. It's also the name of a map from Halo One, and I am the only person in America <laughs> who likes the map. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Okay, so Chiron is actually, it says, Chiron in Greek mythology is one of the centaurs, the son of the Titan Kronos. So your guy is somebody else. The one who's on the river Styx is who you're talking about. Yes. 
River Styx Ferryman. This is this is just suddenly an educational podcast for wow. things that don't matter. <laughs> Riveting pod we're doing right now. I well, what, hear a lot of snoring. Well, you know what? We've got to stall because ultimately we're just waiting for you to dig up that pile and see what's in what? there. Get your camera going. Go out there. Move the rocks. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. So you're gonna avoid yeah. this spot in your property for all time because there might be a body under there. Well, I'm not going to avoid the property because it's on such a beautiful place. We'll probably end up putting a park bench or something so that we can bring a sack lunch and sit. Now at least I'll have someone to talk to. You can't sit by a grave without knowing. It's You're going to wonder forever. You, but okay, but this there was not a farm here before. So the farm itself or the, the house has only existed there for a few years, right? Was this ever like rolling farm fields or was it always just forest or pasture? It was forest, yeah. It was forest. Did the rocks, um, I mean, do they look like they've been there a long time? No, they look like uh, they look like they were piled up like an Old West, uh, like to keep animals out of whatever's buried under there. Man, I got it. You have let us down so much on Big what? Reveals. You never <laughs> opened your FBI computer that got mysteriously right delivered so to your old. Right here. Oh, my gosh. You took it with you and you still haven't opened it? There it is. There okay. It is. So no, it's in my office. I'm in my office. Okay. You, ne you, you never opened that, and nope. now you're not going to dig up a grave? Are you, <laughs> come on! <laughs> what do you take me for? I, I take you for somebody with some intellectual curiosity, and I am not going to let this rest. <laughs> I'm okay having brief conversations with the spirit of whom or whatever is buried there and i'll just let my imagination do the talking it can be a lot more fruitful than actually finding out the truth okay so i mean think about the upside though you dig it up and there's nothing there and your property is certified 100 percent dead body free i mean that's a marketing point you can say that there are no dead bodies anywhere on your property that you know of man if there's <laughs> Given how much bad happens on that property, the odds of it being body-free or spirit-free are zero, James. Come on. But there's never been a house, though, prior to a few years ago, though. No, nobody's ever lived here. Yes. So okay. 15 years is the oldest because it was just part of that country star's uh, massive estate. And it was... Oh, I, I'm getting a call coming through on this phone, which never... <laughs> And um, the country star is sort of a tree person. And so when the guy who moved into our part of the property clear-cut it and sold all the trees, which I think is how he afforded to buy the place, uh, the country star and him got into a pretty bad legal battle that is still... Uh, it, bad blood continues to swell between both sides of that fight. So you could you could bulldoze your forests and make a profit, huh? Um, in a few years, yeah, we've got all hardwood growing and the forester that came out to certify us a, a forest land or a green belt, um, he said, yeah, the, one of the main things we do is tag trees and estimate value. And Man. so we may get that done. So then the country star can also hate you and perhaps you'll end up buried next to the mysterious grave <laughs> on top of that beautiful hill. Possibly, possibly. It would, uh... Well, it'd be sort of fun to meet the country star, you know, even so, in court, whatever. How did you how did you bring this up to Mrs. Steve? You're like, oh, by the way, just out mowing today, found a grave, no big deal. You know, <clears throat> so it, I know it was Sunday because the guy was painting in the small cabin, and I was out on the BAM, 
And I'm fairly certain Miss Steve was taking a nap because I sent her pictures and I, with uh, a few exclamatory words that, you know, are just shared between husband and wife when one is surprised by something and shocked. And uh, my four-wheeler was sitting right outside the door of the big cabin. I'm like, are you coming out here to look at this? And she just wrote, nah, I'm good. And so I, she, she don't care. That's the point, James. I don't understand how she doesn't have the same level of awe and uh, just sort of boyish wonder that I have about the world around me. I mean, if it were, okay, so play devil's advocate, if it were just a random pile of rocks, you're just trying to get rocks out of the way from whatever you're doing, you're not going to lug them up to the top of the highest hill. I mean, I'm just thinking no, here. Th yeah, this would be a very strange place to do what you were talking about. Yes. Okay, so I think grave is plausible. And the people need to know. I just open it up, and if you find if you find a body, we can cover it back up, and the FBI never has to know. But you and I will know, and our three podcast listeners will know. And putting something <laughs> on this podcast, yeah. But the, if you, anything you put on here will never ever be found by the FBI, <laughs> even they don't look this far. I I gotta I gotta cut out of here now, Jay. We're we're getting to time, and it's too bad because you were just about to sway me to actually take <laughs> shovel the dirt up there. <laughs> well, speaking of shovel no. and dirt, we can bury another episode of Wrong and Wronger, and I'm gonna high five myself based on that segue. So until we meet again, when we find out possibly what is under that rock pile, and you can go back and look at my Twitter or Facebook feed and see the video that I did on that thing, and you'll be like, huh, that's interesting. But until we meet again, this is Steve Lee, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, thanks for not putting pressure on me to dig up somebody <laughs> else's grave, and remember as always, two wrongs can make a right.